Hello there, Star Wars Sessions listeners, fans, and sickheads alike. You're listening to probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. We say probably because, you know, we're not 100% sure, but we're like kind of, sh- we're kind of, it's kind of, it's a very British thing, I suppose, isn't it, Matt? Like, it's one of those. Yeah, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars yeah. podcast. We, we don't want to commit. Yeah. And, and we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to our show and we hope you enjoy the episode but we've got like a little message to just tell you before then yeah we're we are extremely proud of every episode that we've created but we wanted to say that these initial episodes see us kind of finding our feet and our voice in the podcasting community and listen the content is fire the content is great but the quality of the audio and the show structure can probably be best described as a work in progress. Yes, absolutely. We would always recommend listening to our most recent episodes first, and that's where you're going to get all the spicy news and everything. But mm. before you d- d- dive in, dive in anyway, because it's good. It's a great catalogue. The sound quality is it's, it's a bit different, but I don't know. Just, just do what you want. We're just letting you know there's a lot of flavour to this session spice train. <laughs> and... And we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy it. I mean, this intro enough. I mean, this intro alone will probably give you enough <laughs> to to know yeah. what we're about. But there we go. We love Star Wars, and we hope you enjoy hearing us also love Star Wars. With all that, we hope you enjoy the episode, and may, may the, the force, force be with you. Morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to this sequels and standalone special edition of Star Wars Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, uh, but would rather be Hud Solo, and this is the regular show where the topic is anything Star Wars. This episode will be covering The Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, a look forward to Solo, and we're going to be delivering our rankings of all nine live action movies as well. But enough of this move milker compressing the hyperdrives. Joining me once again for this episode is the Plagueis to my Palpatine, Master Blywalker or Blylow Wren himself. Luke Bly, how in the galaxy are you? Blylow Wren. That <laughs> is my favourite, mate. <laughs> yes. I'm changing my Instagram to that. That is good. <laughs> yeah, no, That's I'm what good. having a quiet morning at work does to you. Exactly. Um, no, I'm good, Matt. How are you? Not bad. Good stuff. The gal- the, Br- the British galaxy is giving me hay fever, so I'm overcoming that. But that aside, not so bad. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. I am ready, as always, to talk some wars. What a man. As as we know from the previous two episodes, episodes Luke is my go-to man for the Star Wars chat and speculation, so of course I'm always excited to be doing this with him. 2005 saw Revenge of the Sith come and go, and it was universally and reluctantly accepted that cinematic Star Wars run was over. The arc of Anakin Skywalker being completed, and the galaxy lived happily ever after. Uh, Then, rising from the ashes of Endor, came a massive mouse with a massive wallet. In 2012, Disney purchased Lucasfilm for a colossal fee from George Lucas, and with it, the right to the Star Wars movies. Legal loopholes aside... 
<laughs> in the midst of the excitement and the wonder, Disney and Lucasfilm dropped the announcement that rocked the world of movies. A new trilogy of films will be coming set after the original trilogy and including the classic characters of the past. And three years later, amidst fever pitch anticipation and unprecedented hype, J.J. Abrams, tasked with the unenviable job, delivered the movie we'd all been waiting for in the form of The Force Awakens. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? If Skywalker returns, the new Jedi will rise. I'm not giving you anything. We'll see. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. You know, no matter how much we fought, I've always hated watching you leave. And we'll remember this as the last day of the Republic! You're afraid that you will never be as strong as Darth Vader. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. We're going back to Jakku, that's where... No, 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 we can't go back to Jakku! Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Oh, really? You're cold? The Resistance must be destroyed before they get to Skywalker. Han Solo. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Tell that to Kanja Club. That droid has a map that leads straight to Luke Skywalker. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Ben! You will remove these restraints and leave this cell with the door open. Han Solo! Crazy thing is, it's true. All of it. Where's my boyfriend? Chewie's working on the Falcon. I like that Wookiee. Wow, dude, you are getting so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you... Again, nice quiet uh, morning at work. I hope no one's listening. <laughs> no, this is, oh, mate. I mean, all of what you just said was such a big, like, part of my life. Yeah. Honestly, what a time to be a Star Wars fan that was. What a, what a time. What a time. What are some of your overriding memories of that particular time? So from the announcement of the new film, the new films... Uh, to the build-up, to the all the trailers and the pictures dropping, up until when you finally sat down in your seat to watch it. Oh, man. Well, I'll just cut to the chase. I remember I was actually sitting on my bed um, at my mum's house, um, my mum and dad's house, where I was on the laptop, and I remember seeing on my news feed, I think I was just, like, Googling around, but I saw on, like, the MSN news feed. Back MSN. Yeah, I know, right? Throwback. <laughs> so this was, like, 2014. It was announced, right, early 2014 or something? Like, it's 2012, they announced. Oh, was it, it announced 2012? Yep. It's, oh, and wow. it took a few years to, obviously, get the film sorted out. That's right, that's right. Okay, so my bad. So it was... Um, Oh, that's right. It was the trailer that was 2014. So mm. 2012, I was on my bed uh, looking at my laptop and I saw in the news that, you know, Disney acquires Lucasfilm. And I thought, what? What is this? I mean, as we all well know, um, growing up, massive Star Wars fan and always a Star Wars fan of both trilogies. Yep. Um, and honestly, my initial reaction was actually a little bit pessimistic. Really? It was, yeah. When when we first heard, I thought to myself, wow, exciting, but also very nervous and not sold. Not sold on the idea that there should be another Star Wars film. That's interesting. And kind of after that, I kind of just forgot it. 
I know that sounds simple almost, but but I did just kind of forget about it. I would still watch the films. I still watched a lot of the original trilogy and prequels when I felt like it. But then I heard some rumours, you know, from one of my friends. Oh, you heard there's going to be a Star Wars trailer coming out. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, that's come around quick. So fast, we're fast forwarded to November 2014, I think it was. 20, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that's when the first one, yep. I think that's what it was, right? And then a few days later, I get a text from one of my friends. Now, me and, me and a few of my mates, four of my mates, were at a curry house in Basildon, you know, how so British, Essex. Well, yeah. Well, how much more British can you be? I eh? like four lads having a pint <laughs> and a curry. Honestly, best. But nevertheless, I got a text from one of my friends, dude. New Star Wars trailer out, and I thought, wow, like this is it. This is it. I, I loaded up my little three G phone and I loaded up the trailer, and there it was. First thing that popped up onto my YouTube, I think, was this. The, you know, you know, like, uh, you, you don't really see it nowadays, but you know, there's like green, um, like title, um, that's, that used to be at the start of trailers and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Right. So I'd, I opened that and I paused it and I let it load a little bit. The quality wasn't that good. And, and the sound like you've got to remember I was in a restaurant, so I couldn't hear that clearly anyway. And I pressed play and I remember the sand, right? And thinking, okay, I remember seeing Finn pop out of nowhere. You know, at the time we didn't know their names. So I remember seeing John Boyega pop out of nowhere, um, sweating, looking around. I remember seeing BBA. <laughs> at this time, I was still skeptical. Okay. So a few seconds in, I'm a few, I'm a little bit skeptical. And then I, th- I can't remember exactly how the trailer goes, but I remember seeing the X wings flying across the water their wings like opened up and they're just flying they're gliding across the water i paused i had goosebumps i looked at my friends and i said guys this looks mental this looks incredible i kept playing and i saw it all the way up until the end with kylo and stuff and then you see the falcon and I looked to my friends and I was so emotional. I can't even recall what the words were that I said to them. I was like, I need to watch it again. And that night, I think I watched the trailer about 20 times. It was, it, it, it was a big, big part of my adult life. Big part. I think it was a big part of most people's because I th- I think there was a in, in in between the excitement. I think there was a lot of trepidation because obviously everybody loves the original trilogy. Everybody yes. does. It's it's as close to a fact as I can get without being punched in the face. But it's everybody loves those films. Yeah. This is the continuation. This is what happens to Luke Han, Leia, everybody after. So it's, there was a bit of nerves about whether or not any company, whether it's Lucasfilm or Disney or even George Lucas doing more films, could they tarnish reputation? Yeah. But once I saw that first trailer and that very small speeder going across the sand and that massive Star Destroyer crashed yeah. into the... Wow, that, that, oh. That's the image I remember. And the... and the I didn't know who it was at the time, but we now know it was Supreme Leader Snoke. His voiceover, there's been an awakening. Have you felt it? I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I so like the sound of this already. So good. So and that good. shot, which we never actually used in the film of Kylo... Sort of stomping into the sand, throwing open his sa- saber. 
Yes, so good. Oh man, I love. I I absolutely adore that shot. And again, that's that's like ingrained in my heart. Do you remember the the flack they got though for that? Because obviously the 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 lightsaber ignited, and then obviously the two cross handles came yeah. out. And I remember the the flack they got for that. Yeah, thinking about mental it, man. Yeah, I mean we'll get into the the flack later on, shall we say, for some other the films. But that <laughs> even before the films had started, they were getting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I and and the shame, the shame is, is that it was great, and even now, no one cares. Like the Ren lightsaber is fantastic. It's it's de- like the way it's designed, the way it sounds, the way it looks and feels, and there's there's a lot of reason behind it. It's not just random, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of uh, reasoning behind it. But either way, you know, taking all of those like factoids away, it it looks great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, and without meaning to raise anybody's ire, obviously people want new something new. They don't want the same old thing. Yeah, of yeah, exactly. from the franchise. The first thing we saw was a bad guy. Yes, he was in black, but he's then got this sort of rickety, this damaged-looking lightsaber with a cross handle, which yeah. isn't something we've seen before. So already we're introducing new film uh, things. Now I remember you telling me that on the day of release, that lovely day, you uh, oh. you have a you have your own ritual. I remember you saying you, you pretty much had your day planned out before you saw it. Oh man, that day, uh, the build up was something like I've never ever experienced. So how it worked was uh, a big group of us, about 20 of us actually, um, went and saw the film all together and, uh, we booked the tickets months in advance, like the day, the day they came out for a uh, pre-sale. We got the tickets and and we arrived. We went for a meal beforehand. Now I'm not a per- I'm not a big fan of midnight viewings. I mean I'm a guy who likes my sleep. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like my <laughs> sleep. Old. <laughs> and I really like part of my. You know, these are going to be some of my most fond memories of this time of my life. Okay. And if you're listening to a podcast about Star Wars, it's probably going to be one of yours too. Um, but I, I really feel like a midnight release just isn't for me. And so instead, I'm, I'm willing to like wait a day. So actually in the UK, it comes out on a Wednesday at midnight, yep. right? Um, so I wait till the Friday. Uh, I go to work or have, I have normally a day off actually. I, I lie, I didn't go to work. Um, but I have a day off and, um, I normally spend the day doing lots of Star Warsy stuff. So I'll be playing Battlefront. I'll be reading comics. I wake up to the Imperial March and stuff. Yes. And it's, 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 you know, it's fun. It's, and it gets me so hyped. And then, the, you, you go there, everyone's wearing Star Wars merch and stuff like that. And everyone's happy. And again, we all went for a meal and there you go. You, you, you're leaving to go to the screen and it's kind of surreal. I feel like it doesn't kick in until you're sat in your seat and you <laughs> yeah. see the Lucasfilm logo and you're like, this is it. Wow. It's wow. back. It's back. And yeah, you, you want me to go on or, um, I just remember booking my tickets, but it took me three hours to actually complete the transaction. What? Because I went to see it in Jumpsford in the Odeon. Oh. Um, but the, the the system crashed because there was so much traffic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It, the, I remember going on, tw- actually tweeting the Odeon, you know, the helpline saying, I need to, why, why can't I book tickets? And then seeing that about 20 or 30 other people had. 
and they were and the poor people working on that account that day were oh, just man. tweeting that you know there's too much traffic we can't handle it they weren't we'll be ready back for on. us they weren't ready they, they, they really weren't I mean, and I finally got my tickets for the day it came out so I saw it on I guess the official oh first day yeah the Thursday I think it was about 8 o'clock in the evening I saw it I had did I go to work I think you know I did I did work that day I think um, but I left I think I had a half day yep. just to make sure I, I could get there in time yep. and I too I went for a meal with my um scintillating partner I think we went for an Italian meal and then because uh, she'd seen the six films beforehand yep. didn't mind the original trilogy hated the prequels yep. and was pretty much just going so I had to go by myself yeah. Um, so that was that was quite nice, but yeah, I, I echo what you say. It's all a bit. It all felt a bit surreal because obviously the, the year, the build, the year before, like that build up was was just incredible. All the hype, the speculation, the theories, the fears, the angry people, the happy people, the trailers, the images. Oh all, man! You know, it is all gone once you sat down. I mean, and, I mean, seriously though, just before we get more into the movie talk, like the Chewy We're Home trailer. Oh my yes. word! The amount of times. I'd seen that, you know, I still go and watch that now, you know, that I, I still go and load up YouTube and I watch that trailer because I think it's one of the best trailers ever made, right? I'm biased, but who cares? Uh, I think it is. But it, it did its job, didn't it? it? It it gave you what you wanted. Yeah. Those kind of, that and ended on that big powerful moment, but it did, but it kept, did a good job of, you know, keep introducing these new characters, kept people saying, well, where, where's Luke Skywalker? Where's Luke? Yep. It, it built up oh. this, like, like it's, yeah, it's this unbearable sort this of event bubble, yeah, yeah. Where, this crescendo where you're just waiting for it to burst when you go to watch the film, where all yeah. the questions were answered. But yeah. they did such a fantastic job of marketing that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, completely agree. So you're sitting in the cinema oh. a long time ago, a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Two and a bit hours later, the film's finished. What do you think? What are your impressions on the movie, in, just in general? I came, I came out, I, I remember standing up, looking at everyone on my row and around the cinema, and all I saw was smiles. Okay? <laughs> that is all I saw. People were happy. People were, some people were emotional. Some people were laughing. You know, they, they, it was a ride. You know, it was, fantastic it felt like we i don't know it's it felt like we fell in love with like that sort of storytelling again yeah. and I, I remember one of my fondest memories is uh my brother looked at me and again this is the same brother i've mentioned him a couple times and um a few of the other uh podcasts shout out to james he's um, famous now he's famous now and um i remember he looked at me Big gleaming face, right? And he isn't always easily impressed. Okay, so that sounds on it. He was impressed. He looked at me and he smiled. He went, "When is the next one?" <laughs> yes. And you know that's so good. It did its job. I mean, that ending was that so ending. powerful, so emotional. No words needed to be said. Everything was said that needed to be said. And um, yeah, I, I think. Personally, I think I'm never ever going to get a cinematic experience like that for the first time seeing The Force Awakens ever again. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to get it. It's not an exaggeration to say that because 
I fully agree with you. There, there are moments which I remember from from going to the cinema, and maybe some we'll talk about later on. But that, but yeah, like you say, just just the whole thing, sitting down, and the like, and probably a few as well. Obviously, the hours leading up, so you were you were there with your buddies, yep. went, for, went for something to eat, had a great time, then went to see the film. I had a nice meal out, then went to see the film. The build up, and then the the payoff was sensational because the film itself was superb. And I just remember coming out. It it actually took a while for me for it to sink in because I knew I knew I liked the film, but I had to absorb it. Yeah, because I it, I because did, I didn't come out I didn't come out loving it, but not because I didn't love the film. But because I think it was such an after literally like a year and a half, a year or so of all the all the talk, the fact that it was finally over and you'd seen the film, yeah, I think that that took a while to sink in. I was like, well, that, that's it now, it's done with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of let it like a sponge. I absorbed it all, and then a couple of hours later, by the time I'd got home and made my tea because it was late, um, <laughs> made my cup of tea. <laughs> that's it, right. It kind of dawned on me. It's like. That was fantastic. That was everything I wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, in a in a movie, and like you say, that ending was special. It was perfect. So yeah. let's let's crack in. What are some of your best moments from the film? So my first moment I'm going to mention is I think the first moment I got emotional. Okay, so we we're seeing the whole film and stuff. We've been introduced to Finn, um, and we've been introduced to uh, Poe, right? And when they meet, um, you know, they're like, oh, you know, um, are we, we going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do this. You know, it's yeah. um, it's it's great. It's really good. It's fun. Very American and very happy. Um, you need a pilot. I yeah, need a pilot. Yeah, love it. <laughs> but then the moment that I loved was when they were like dodging the missiles and stuff. Um, and he goes, did you see that? Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that bit. At that point, somewhere around there, he says, um, uh, what's your name, like, buddy, or something like that? And he's like, FA2187, what is it? Tell me out here. FN2187. That's it, FN2187. Um, well, there you go. Don't don't um, come and lynch me, Star Wars fans. Oh, blimey, I should have known that. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, he goes, what? Like, no, I'm going to call you Finn. He's like, Finn, Finn, I like that. And he's like, what's your name? Uh, and he's like, Poe. He's like, nice to meet you, Poe. Nice to meet you, Finn. At that moment, I was like, this is Star Wars. That moment, that captured something similar to the original trilogy, but fresh, new, different. The humor was slightly different. You know, it was more modern. It suited the next generation. These guys, yeah. in in a matter of a few minutes, a few minutes into the film, I fell in love with the characters of Finn and Poe. And, you know, that, comparing that to the prequels, a, a trilogy I also love, but is not without its faults. The Force Awakens, I feel, did what the prequels couldn't do over, yeah. three, uh, over three films. The Force Awakens did in a few minutes, right? I mean, it was special. So that's my first moment. Um, my second moment, oh, blinking heck, probably just Han and Chewie. 
just being part of the film, you know, the Chewy, we're home. You know, there's that bit where, uh, as well, like when uh, Kanja Club and stuff, like, come on board. Yeah, they're like, the Kanja Club. Oh, so good. But then there's that bit <laughs> where Han Solo's like, uh, he's running down the, like, the, um, hallway or whatever it is. And he just, like, punches that guy. Yes. Oh, man. It's that so That bit good. doesn't get enough credit because I like that scene with the Rathtiles because every trilogy has a weird monster in it. Yeah. The Rathtile was this one. Yeah. He just let, whacks that guy in the face and throws him into his mouth. It was <laughs> so good. It was so, so good. So, so glad good. you mentioned that. Yeah. I, I loved it. So, Han, again, it's not a specific moment. Um, but I think, yeah, Han and Chewie is definitely like one of my highlights of this whole film. I can't just pinpoint a moment because it's all so, so, so good. Um, I also really, really like the Millennium Falcon in this, right? Yes. I mean, the Millennium, the Falcon's a character in itself, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, if anything happened to the Falcon, then we write. Yeah. There we go, you know, so, I mean, the Falcon as well, seeing that, seeing the interior to it, oh, man, and I don't know, my my third favourite, I mean, I, I need to be quite vague here, because I really enjoy The Force Awakens, I think of all the Star Wars films ever, I think The Force Awakens has the best pacing, right, it's such a ride. It's very quick and you can tell it's been made for an audience with a shorter atten- attention span. So it's, it's grown with the times. Um, so I'm going to say my third moment is Kylo and Ray as, as separate characters. I love where they both start. I love that we introduced to this dude in a helmet. Um, who's later revealed to be Han and Leia's son. Yeah. You know, cause we didn't know any of this until we, you know, we watched the film. And I remember thinking, what in the cinema? Thinking, what? That's, that's, he's a solo. And then, um, I love seeing Ray come from nowhere. You know, I love seeing this girl who's a nobody, an optimistic nobody who's obviously very independent, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, go on an adventure. She takes a chance. She takes a risk and, she, you know, it kind of pays off. Love it. Love it. There's so many. I think I had about eight I could think of and you've mentioned a couple of them. Yeah. Meeting the new cast, uh, Daisy Ridley and John Baiga are such, all such great chemistry. So they good. work so well together. So Poe Dameron, BB-8. Yeah. Uh, I liked, I liked General Hux in the first film. Oh, um, yes. I liked his speech on Starkiller Base. I love the fact that he just went so over the top. Yes. It's, I, it's I love that. Nazi-like, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. The guy's about to kill about a trillion people. Yeah. I, I liked the fact that he didn't just sort of raise an eyebrow, smirk and push a button. He was screaming to rally the troops. I, I love that moment. I love Donald Gleason as an actor, but I love that bit. You mentioned the Falcon. Yeah, I love the Falcon. I like the entire Takadana sequence and the Force Vision or the Force Back, whatever they call yeah, it. Ray's Vision. Fantastic scene. Ha- Han Solo and Kylo, the moment on the in Star Killer, the moment on the bridge. Yeah, oh, uh, man. That moment. Wow. Yeah. Even though he's gone, I still refuse to believe Han's gone, even <laughs> though I know deep down he is. He's not gone. We're seeing him in like a month's time in a different. No film. one's ever really gone, so. Yeah, you are true. Nice. 
the yeah the end didn't mention that the force that's gradually awakening in Ray, uh, and of course the absolutely stunning looking forest jewel right at the end uh, between oh. uh, Kylo and Ray. The lightsabers in the snow. Yeah. Something I remember hearing some reading somewhere that they were going to have a lightsaber duel in the snow and in my head i had images of a blue lightsaber and a red lightsaber just going at it yeah against like against this like lovely white background in the dark sky and when i saw it on the screen it was everything i want i'd been imagine, imagining it to be it looked awesome yeah and obviously before that he's just kylo and finn have their duel and it's clear kylo even though he's just been shot in the gut he could still lop Finn's head off if he wanted to oh. he's injured Ali and Finn gets a shot in yeah uh, but then it, then obviously he you know Carlos had enough he takes him down when people because a lot of people sort of say oh Ray shouldn't have won that fight she's not really winning the fight she's kind of parrying oh, it yeah Carlos on the attack the whole time she's just parrying him off yes it's not until that moment when the force awakens inside of her and then if you've read the novel you know, that she tapped into the dark side, but you don't need to know that necessarily. No. But, uh, and she floors Kylo, and you gotta, you gotta think if the ground hadn't split between them, she probably would have cut him in half. Yes. Yeah. There's, see, see, I think JJ and, um, Lawrence Kazdan, who wrote, uh, who, well, he helped write some of the original trilogy, right? Yeah. Um, five and six. Yeah. I think they made a, they made an effort or they made a point of how powerful that bowcaster was. Right. Um, and you know, there's multiple stormtroopers that get like blown to the other side of the room and stuff. And you know, these guys just get wiped out from this, from this gun, right? Kylo takes it to the chest. Bang. He's still there. Right. So when people are, oh, ration of even one and stuff like that, they are completely forgetting that a like you said, Carlo was mostly on the offensive and mostly winning until um, one moment, um, and that he was really damaged and weakened. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I completely, I, I don't buy that rubbish. That oh yeah, Ray should have won, uh, or uh, Kylo should have uh, won and destroyed Ray and stuff like that. Well, no, that's not. And and it, and Ray isn't exactly like an invalid, is she? She's you know strong with the force she's fit she knows how to fight with a bow staff anyway yep you know um yeah yeah. But yeah that whole fight sequence is is beautiful and it felt raw it was a very very good mix yes. of you know um, and i'm glad uh it, it felt like again a slightly different style uh maybe a bit more rough and ready than the uh prequel trilogy and oh, yes, a lot more inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. but it felt more, it, it felt very raw. It felt akin to the the original trilogy uh, fights. But I actually, I, I preferred uh, the Kylo Ray one. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I like the fact that yeah, they, didn't, they didn't have a, choreograph, a choreographed fight. Yeah. Because, like you said, one, one is an up-and-coming Sith Lord. Uh, it's not a Sith. Up-and-coming Darksider. Yeah, yeah. And the other is a sort of junkyard planet girl who fights with a bow staff and it shows and it's all the better for that yeah you mentioned early on about the humor and humor the humor in this film is star so wars it's spot on it's spot the moment, on. and it 
most of it, and it's not just Han Solo. That that moment when he's got uh, the Gawavian Death Gang and Kanji Club on the on the uh, ship, when he's going back and forth between the two of them, is pure Han Solo. Yes, it's so good. The, the the cockiness of it, the oh, I love all of it. And uh, there's there's this particular scene I want to mention. Um, I love when Chewie is like, he's injured and stuff. And then they're at um, <laughs> Takodana. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah. Oh no, they're not. Is it Takodana? They're at Dakar, I think. And uh, yeah, so they're, on, they're on, yeah, uh, at the end. Yeah. At the base. And uh, there's a nurse down. She's saying, wow, you must be really brave or something like that. And he goes, you know, like to say, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. It's so Star Wars and so like charming and lovely and, it just just on that note, on the bit when they all meet on the Falcon and uh, and they say you're Han Solo, <gasps> the war the war the war hero. Oh yes. Uh, what did what did they ask Chewie? I said they asked Chewie. You know, was he a war oh. hero? And he says like, mm, I don't know. He's basically yeah. that. Like, mm, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no. Um, the, you mean like Finn says the war veteran and Ray's like That's the right. smuggler. You know, they've both got they've both heard these different legends about him. That's right. And this is as we as we talk more about the sequel trilogy, this is a theme I want to bring up. Okay, legends. Yeah. Okay? So remind me in a minute. I want to talk about that. Well, I will make a mental night of legends. Yeah. But on, but on Legends, that same scene also gives us the moment where Han Solo li- reminisces about Luke when he says, "Uh, so you know, you know Luke Skywalker." And he's like, "Yeah, I, I knew Luke." Yeah. And he gives, and, and that's when he says, "You know, he's gone." The people who know him say he's gone to the find the first Jedi temple, and you know, it's, it's a Jedi. It's true, all of it. Yeah. That wonderful scene of Harrison, Han Solo and Harrison Ford. Fantastic, acting. fantastic. Yeah. It's so powerful and it's so good it's almost like you step out of star wars for a moment and they're going yeah you know it's all true the force all of that yeah no it happened it's true and these two faces and again i need to praise daisy ridley and john boyega they're acting their their um their chemistry on set and on the film is phenomenal because both of their faces, they're looking at Han Solo and, and they're believing they're in awe, but they're believing. Yep. And you really, really, really get that feeling in that scene. Nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Yep. And as a whole, I think JJ and the team absolutely nailed it with what they wanted to do with this film. But, on the flip side, was there anything that they maybe didn't nail so well for you? So, listen, I mean, <laughs> I think I find it hard to critique The Force Awakens. I know some people find it very, very uh, easy to, to, to critique it. They And normally, most of the time, they're pulling the originality card, right? They're like, oh, it's yep. just a New Hope version uh, 2.0. And, hey, you know, it shares... Um, similar beats. It hits similar beats to A New Hope or the original trilogy because it's not. It's not just um, A New Hope that it lends um, inspiration from. But I think that it was one of the best moves to um, begin this new trilogy. 
And there is a, I, I, I read this somewhere else that JJ and Lawrence Kazdan did something very clever with the first, with the opening line of The Force Awakens. A lot That's of right, people yeah. adore the prequel trilogy. Uh, I'm one of those people. Equally, a lot of people hated the prequel trilogy. And I feel that the the guys behind The Force Awakens and J.J. Uh, Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan, um, and so on and so forth, all the Lucasfilm team, they wanted to capture that original trilogy feel. Can we blame them? No, because everyone likes them. Everyone likes them. They open with a line, and I don't think this is just a coincidence. Uh, Lord Santaka says, uh, this will begin to make things right. Yes. That is not there just by chance. This sequel trilogy is here for you guys as fans to make things right. And, and that's not to say, you know, that was, you know, the prequels are rubbish and stuff like that. But this is a trilogy for a, the next generation. But just a heads up, this film is a love letter to the original trilogy. So what the Force Awakens did so well. Uh, and uh, I think any film franchise should take note of how they did this. And I, I, again, I don't think this is ever going to happen again. But what they did so well was bridging the fans. They bridged the prequel fans, yeah, the yeah. original trilogy fans, and more, most importantly, a new generation. That's what they did perfectly. So even even my criticism. Hey, could they have been more original in places? Yeah, sure, they could have. My biggest pet peeve is Starkiller Base. Yeah. That's my biggest pet peeve. I think... And they even reference that, don't they, when they say, it's, a big, it's just another Death Star, and he says, no, it's not, it's, 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 it's bigger. Yeah, it's just bigger, you know? A bit lame, a bit lame. I remember seeing that in the theatrical poster, I think, like a month or two before the film came out. Um, again, I, I, as soon as I looked at that, I thought to myself, uh, not sure if I like that. Seems a bit stupid. Yeah. And I still kind of don't like it. And I still think that it's silly, um, because these guys knew they were making Rogue One, a film all about getting the Death Star plans, right? To blow up the Death Star. But a bunch of like, pilots could just like swarm in to star killer base and stuff and just kind of like blow it up and i don't know i don't know it felt like i don't it feels like the death star or the death stars was like this really engineered plan and with um star killer base it's just like yeah we'll just chuck some x-wings in there and do it again because that it was very easy wasn't it to blow it up yeah yeah, so that's that's my biggest criticism. I found it hard to critique because, yeah, it's easy to say, well, you know, it pulls from the original trilogy, but what other choice did they have? They had to bring back that old school feeling. In order to do that, they had to have some elements of the old school films. Yeah. Yeah, Starkiller Base is the biggest detractor. I don't know what they could have used instead of that, but they could have, uh, could have had something. Yeah. But that was the main issue for me. I guess not having the big three on screen together, but the story worked better for not having them on together, because it would have... I don't know how it would have looked with Han and Luke fighting once more against Kylo Ren or whoever. Yeah. It just... It wouldn't have looked... It's not the same. It's it's not the same. Romantically, in your head, you think, oh, what? I wish I could have seen it one more time, but 
had they been in the room together, just that would have been pretty cool. But sure, yeah, it's not really. And I guess the only other criticism is, but it's not even a criticism. It's just because it's because it's one part of a three part series. Yeah, that the, the movie left a lot of questions to be answered, whether or not they will do. True, true, so, and but I- that can only be answered once episode nine comes out. Yeah. And I think, again, this is maybe um, a premature judgment because like you said, we, this is just the first part. Well, we've seen the first two parts of the trilogy now. Um, and one thing that bugs me is that we know where Kylo comes from. We kind of know, uh, unless it turns out not to be true, we kind of know where Ray comes from. And we'll, I guess yep. we'll touch on that when we talk about The Last Jedi. Um, yep. But we don't know where Snoke comes from. We don't know. We have no idea where this big, powerful leader came from. And maybe in retrospect, I would have liked maybe a bit more of an origin story. But hey, let's wait and see if that's addressed later on. And it better not be in like some book or something. I swear. You was just about to say, I think they're going to have a Snoke novel, which oh. which I will. So I will do the same as you. I roll my eyes. But but the minute it comes out, I'll be at Waterstones buying it like I always am. Yeah, because um, yeah, I have all the books probably. in the bookcase here. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. But I, maybe by the end of, end of nine, we'll 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 understand why he was just I wouldn't say brushed under the carpet, but may, maybe that maybe episode nine will give us the answers we want. I hope so because uh, yeah. it, you you don't want to go back and read a book to find out about yeah. what was set up on the screen. So. Yeah. So in terms of The Force Awakens, it's two big thumbs up from myself and Luke, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best film I've ever seen in a cinema, like, as, as, an, as an experience as an experience goes. I've, it's high praise. I've never experienced anything like that before, and I really, really don't think... I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm going to experience anything like that again. The atmosphere, the hype, and the reward, it paid off. The Force Awakens is one of my favourite films I've ever seen, and I still go back and I watch it, and it puts a smile on my face. What else do you want from a film? It's fantastic. Uh, just, just hearing that puts a smile on my face because that's what that's what it needed. That's what it's just all about, isn't it? Yeah, just having a great time, and that's what it did. Yeah, spawn. So Lucasfilm taking a swerve from the saga movies, the the first anthology or Star Wars story was released <laughs> a year later in 2016. Uh, telling the story of the daring band of rebels that stole the plans for the first Death Star, uh, it became apparent that a small paragraph of text in an opening crawl 39 years earlier could indeed be turned into a gritty war movie, and that movie was Rogue One. Rogue? Rogue One. We call it the Death Star. Poor gully. Prepare a boarding party. Are we blind? Deploy the garrison! Yeah. Move! Who are you? I'm Jin Erso. For all this, as the Force wills it. I say we fight! Congratulations. You are being rescued. When has become now, Director Krennic, the Emperor will tolerate no further delay. Admiral, we have the plans! She did it! Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director. Rebellions are built on hope. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. Save the rebellion! Save the dream! You almost shot me! You're welcome. We're stardust. They've no idea we're coming. They've no reason to expect us. Oh, it's 
beautiful. Rogue One, may the Force be with you. We stand here amidst my achievement, not yours! Rebellions are built on hope. Let me fire when ready. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me. I've placed a weakness deep within the system. A flaw so small and powerful they will never find it. What is it they've sent us? Help. Your father would have been proud of you, Jen. Oh, wow, Rogue One. Before we dive into the film, I'm going to preempt everything. I think it's nailed on to say we both share the same opinion on the best moment in, the, in this movie. In fact, probably one of the best moments in the entire saga. Oh, Vader. Vader, yes. Let's just get cut straight to it. Vader, the Vader scene, I think is one of the best villain scenes <laughs> yeah. ever. Ever. It's remarkable. And I didn't expect to see this from Rogue One. I knew Vader was going to be in it, and I knew, you know, uh, but they did it so, so well. The darkness, you know, falls upon these guys in a corridor, and then a few seconds later, yeah, some creaking and stuff. And yeah, you know it, you know it. And then you hear... And it's just death silence. That red lightsaber. If you go back and watch the scene, the guy with the gun who notices Vader, just watch his face for the first second. It literally drops before he shouts, you know, open fire. Yeah. That that guy deserves a medal for that because he he looked like it was real. So good. The amount of times I've gone to the... I remember we had like a load of us went to the park for a walk or something. And me and my friend Jake, like we got the, the two sticks we could find. And I was just like recreating <laughs> yeah. that, that Vader scene. Cause it was so good. Like I don't even care who's watching that Vader scene was amazing. Uh, we talk about amazing. the force awakens being the cinematic experience for you. That scene, that Vader scene is by, Hands down, the greatest moment I've ever seen in the cinema. Really? And this is going back from since I was about five years old. Wow. And I just remember, like you say, when, when it happened, I just thought, oh, that's cool. They're on the Tantin 4. That looks like it did in A New Hope. And they're trying to, they're rushing around trying to get the plans. And then thinking that was it. And then obviously, like you say, the lights went down. I thought, no, they're not, no, no, they're not going to, are they? And then. I was watching it and just stunned. Like everybody in the auditorium was watching it with their mouth wide open as Vader was cutting down these fools. And I've said on the <laughs> previous episode, there was a guy next to me who was in his seventies. Yeah, I, I remember. He all, I listened to yeah, this he podcast. All, yeah, that's it. He, his wife had to calm him down. He looked like he's going to hit someone. He was so excited. Because he clearly, he, I mean, he was obviously there in 77 watching. Yeah. So this is like a 40, 40 odd year payoff for this guy. But I just remember, I wanted to give him a cuddle afterwards because I remember think this was it. Yeah. Because after, after the film, that after what had come before, that is just the best moment. And I don't think anything's going to top that for me. Just that pure 30 odd seconds of like, murderous joy. <laughs> and, and the song that they play over the top sounds an awful lot like the, it's a, it's a, shares the same beat as the song in, uh, Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin goes to Mustafar's and he's slicing down the separatist leaders. If you go back and listen. Does it? The, the two songs sound very similar, which is obviously a, mm. a thematic link, but. 
I never knew that. I, I, if you go back and listen to that moment where Vader's uh, killing the separatists uh, when Anakin slash Vader, yeah. it's not exactly the same, but it's got the, it sounds very similar because of the choral. It's got the the male chorus, so that it's and that was a late addition to the film. This Vader shot it that was, was only added yes. about two or three months before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. It was part of the reshoots, yeah. wasn't it? Thank goodness it was. Uh, going back on. Rogue One, first Star Wars story. I don't like the t- I prefer an anthology, but a Star Wars oh, story. No, I really, uh, that's where I, uh, we differ. I really love the A Star Wars story brand. I, re- I really like it. I think it's a great, great little snazzy title. I think it's because it, they, they originally announced it was an anthology and then they changed it. So, so I was set on, oh, I like anthology. Yeah. And then sort of, they very quietly changed it to actually it's going to be called a Star Wars story. Yeah. It's not horrible, but I just prefer, anthology. I just prefer yeah. an anthology. Uh, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, um, what did you think about this? Cause I liked it. I adore Rogue One. I think Rogue One has such a good, like, rewatchability to it. Like, yes. I, I, like, I can just stick it on and I can choose to. And hey, I think actually it's similar with a lot of films, a lot of the Star Wars films. But with Rogue One, I can watch it seriously and watch it from start to finish and be interested in all of it. Uh, yeah. But I can also have it on in the background. You know, I, do, I, do, I really don't mind. I think one of my things that I notice about Rogue One is that they nail the tones. They yes. nail the tones. It feels like the original trilogy. It looks like the original trilogy. It fits in perfectly. Even the actors they choose, in my opinion, they look like actors from the seventies. They they don't look yeah, yeah. like I, I I don't know. Maybe it's also the way they they the heck their haircut is is done and cut um, and the makeup on so on and so forth and their clothes, but it just gives that vibe you know my mothma's in it and that wow it's like the spitting image i remember um laughing with my colleague andrew about this about you know they have got the exact look alike <laughs> like a young yeah. mothma they just nailed it um who was also in revenge of the sith wasn't it, it was the same lady who was in revenge of the sith was, uh, genevieve o'reilly yeah she was in a deleted she scene. was in a deleted scene yeah um which they should have kept in. which they very sure really should have kept him rogue one ah oh, um i think rogue one was one of those films i went into it not knowing how i'd feel about it I went into, and I remember not having the crawl and thinking, right, dive, yes. we're, we're just going to dive straight into this. Um, and they, they go to, I forget the name of the planet, but it's where they shot, uh, in Iceland, where Galen. Lamu or Lakmu, Lamu. That's it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's where Galen and, um, his wife live. Remind me of her name. What's her name again? Uh, Lyra. Lyra. Galen and Lyra and Lyra. young Jin live. Anna, you see the Death Troopers and Krennic with that. Yeah, I love Krennic. Oh, Krennic's one of the best things about Rogue One. Yeah. There, there, there is, there is no doubt about it. You have this director who's in charge of the Death Star who's so obsessed with climbing the ranks. Little did he know yeah. that he's being used. His ambition and his drive is being used, uh, by, by the Emperor and by Grand Moff Tarkin, you know? Um, I love it. <laughs> so good. It gives you a lot of political, like a, a political aspect of what's going on at the early days of the empire. There yeah, is kind of like, scenes. 
yeah, where, where you clearly have um, established the top dog, the emperor, right, and his right-hand man, Vader, you kind of have this power struggle, I feel, and, and, and you kind of get this, you learn more about this when you read the other canon information, but right now we're just talking about the films, yep. but you get this sense of a power struggle between um, Krennic and uh, Tarkin, who was brought back to life for this film. I remember taking my mum to see Rogue One and she she couldn't believe it. she was like, uh what have they done there? Is that like leftover footage from a film or something like like she was genuinely stumped at how on earth they did it. She didn't think it was CGI. I sat forward in my chair when it when he turned around and literally I don't it's one of those moments where I, I was literally so shocked. I yeah. I leant forward, I sort of squinted my eyes and thought my, wow, my God, they've, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, I think it was the first of its type that got it so spot on. I, I know yeah, there's been, it's been other used things. before, but it hasn't been, but not, not quite I mean, the same. Not as, yeah, because, cr- cr- uh, so not credit. Tarkin was used for, he was in the, his respective movie for longer than, I think it was Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr. had it done to them. Yes. They had the aging technology, but they weren't in their movies for as long as Tarkin was. No. I mean, Tarkin was like, I, I, I heard about Tarkin and was he in a trailer? They showed the back of his head. Yeah. As he was looking at the Death Star, he looked at the, that's all I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to show him talking, but you'd, you kind of see his reflection and that was the, I thought that was how much that was the length that they'd go yeah. to, and I would have been fine with that. Just the fact that they'd reference that Tarkin was around, and because yeah. he needed to be. Yeah. But then when he turned around, I was just, I was, wow, I was blown away. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree. Uh, they, they nailed it there. But listen, I, I have a very, very uh, big soft spot for Rogue One. Um, as you know, uh, I went to. I was very fortunate enough to attend a Star Wars celebration with my friend Isaac, um, yes. which, of course, that year, uh, in 2016, a uh, celebration was in London, um, which is it just up indeed. the road to us, you know, so I went to that. And I was, I was of, there on the Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I was one of the saddos who queued up Thursday night. I camped out in the Excel Centre to make sure I had a wristband nothing wrong with that it was worth it matt it was so worth it you know i was sitting here seething with jealousy two years <laughs> later <laughs> it, i am it, it was it was so good and seeing all those star wars fans uh from around the world um you know uh, like all us guys together i'm still in contact with uh three of the uh, guys i met that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's they're, really they're, good. They're all from uh, like California and different states in America and stuff, and uh, they're they're really good guys. Um, and, that's awesome. And and that build up, I feel like Rogue One has a special place in my heart because although I think the build up was a lot more impressive and and a lot more fun for the Force Awakens. With Rogue One, it was different. We were kind of going into Rogue One not knowing what we were going to get, you know? And the pressure wasn't there as, as, as much. Yeah, and, and, and that's right. The pressure wasn't there as much. Um, it, it, and, yeah, we didn't quite know what to expect. We were just in for the ride. Um, but, yeah, I think that's partly why we were so impressed with it as well, because 
you know, we didn't have any preconceived ideas on what the hell, like what this would be. We just went in, knew there was going to be some guys who are probably going to die who stole the Death Star plans. But there was a lot of talk though about, there was a lot of people saying, oh, well, Disney, uh, Disney aren't going to let them kill everybody. Yeah, I remember Disney that. don't make the films. Disney just throw the money at Luke. Lucasfilm has creative control over the films. Yes. Of course, Disney isn't going to want to see mutilations and violence, but Disney don't make the film. It's Lucasfilm. Yeah. Yeah. And while, and while Lucasfilm are making these creative decisions and earning money and pumping out good, quality content that people yep. love disney are happy um yeah and, and that's making and that's it that's you know done and dusted disney there's not you know i you see these people like commenting on youtube and stuff like oh disney oh it's the disney thing it's nothing to do with them they, they come and they review and they they approve the film um and and that's 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 it they don't they don't direct it they don't they don't add anything they don't Oh man, it, it really bugs me. But still, as far as as far as, when, when we got to when we got to the end of Rogue One, consider that maybe this is, Disney owns it now. By the end of Rogue One, Disney had killed Han Solo, yeah, and they'd annihilated everybody in Rogue One basically. So they weren't afraid to get their hands dirty. Yeah. So it wasn't like they kind of said, "Oh no, the Rogue One guys could live happily ever after." Oh no, they they were all dealt with mercilessly. Han Solo, the greatest hero, the coolest man in the world, the galaxy, was just uh, well, murdered. Yeah, basically. murdered by so his own son. Yeah, so it's not like they were. It's not like they're molly coddling anything. No. But I mean, I love this movie. I've got I've got ten best moments which I can think of, which I'll, I'll run down because we've already mentioned one of them, which was meeting Krennic and Galen on Lamu. Yeah. The second one was finally seeing the oven fall in all of its glory. Yeah, so Having good. Seen that obviously the new hope. So we good. finally got to, and we saw Chopper. Uh, yeah, well. yeah. Incredible. And the ghost as well was on there. Yeah, that's awesome. The ghost is there twice, right? Uh, yeah, you kind of see it parked, and then you see it in the battle. That's as well. right. Yeah, love that. I love that. Really cool. And you hear. Um, so this is only what the Star Wars Rebels um, geeks are gonna gonna notice, but you <laughs> yeah. hear. Um, General Syndulla, um, announced over the microphone. Of course, she is a character from Rebels, but you hear in the background while they're like preparing for battle, you hear her name called. And I, again, that sort of synergy in the Star Wars canon is so nice. It's so little. Yeah. Do, so you, nice. do you know whose voice that was meant to be over the, over the Tanoi? Uh, no. Wedge Antilles. Oh, was it? No, it was meant to, that, that was meant to be Wedge because he's not in the space battle. But of course, two days later, whatever the timeline is, he's in, he's in the battle against the Death Star. But oh, so right. it was kind of, that was meant to be him. Oh, so kind of sort of assuming his back role position for this fight. So it kind of answered why he wasn't there. But yeah, that was meant to be Wedge Antilles. Wow, I never knew that. That's awesome. That's a cool. Little and as far as I'm aware, that that. Yeah, that wasn't retconned in afterwards. I think it, that was always the case. That was always from where Jan Tilly. They did some really, really cool things with this film. Really cool things. They they took fan service to the next level. Yeah. But I also like the Stardust Hollow when um when Saw Guerrera shows Jin the hologram of her father Galen, and he's explaining he's built this floor into the Death Star. Yeah, that was the perfect explanation behind it, and the music as well, which I'm going to get into in a bit. But the music to that scene. Uh, and obviously Felicity Jones acting. So good. It's perfect. Yeah. 
I, I love that moment. Then you've got the, the Death Star destroying Jeddah City. And like you mentioned, the go, the back and forth between Krennic and Tarkin, when they actually show on the ground the devastation of the Death Star, you see that lovely, a beautiful shot of it firing. Oh. And then the debris coming towards them. Oh man, I'm, I'm, all, all these images and thoughts going through my head right now. I love Rogue One. I love it. It's so good. The mission to Edu to extract slash kill Galen. Yeah. The Alliance bombs eventually killing him. Yeah. Uh, the Battle of Scarif. The boots on the ground. It's intense. Yeah. The stakes are laid down. Yeah. And as it goes on and on and on, it, on and on, it just gets more and more frantic. And then above that, you've got the space battle above the shield generator, which is on par with the Return of the Jedi space battle. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Then you've got the moment when they actually receive the plans and upload them. And then the final moment, they just just after Cassian saves the day and they upload the plans, they've got the song, uh, Your Father Would Be Proud. Mm, uh, that song beautiful. plays over the final three, four minutes of them uploading the plans. Beautiful. Vader coming in, coming into Wrecking House in space. Uh, and then obviously the moment when the Death Star blast kills Krennic. And then obviously later on, Jin and Cassian. That three minutes... Or is just some of the best style, and obviously when the Star Destroyer crashes through the uh, shield generator, that three or four minutes is some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. Yeah, and I haven't even mentioned K two S O yet. I love that droid. Oh, I love K two S O. He this this film gets called grim and dark, but it's actually got some of the more fun, light hearted moments. Yes, it has. It's. Oh, it's such a fun film, but it, it, it doesn't, it's serious, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I, I, I really like as well. I really, really appreciate the artistic direction in this film. Like Jeddah City. Oh my gosh. I love the look of Jeddah City when they're going through like all the side streets and stuff. And I also love, um, the, Ah, oh, I always forget the name of this, but it's something ring at the start. Ah, oh, the Kafrain ring, or the ring of Kafrain. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of like a Hong Kong style outpost, you know. Ah, oh. yeah, it's like the prequelish look to it before it before it pans down into the OT kind of. Yes, look. exactly, and and I love that. And you're seeing these stormtroopers like patrolling and stuff. And I think Rogue One did a very good job of world building. To a yes, degree. yeah, and Mustafar. They they went took us back to Mustafar. Oh, mate, thanks. it looks a lot less volcano-ish than it did in the prequel. Yeah, but, yeah, it was uh, slightly toned down, wasn't it? It was a bit more realistic. But maybe the Empire had, I don't know, siphoned away the lava. I don't know what they've done something, but hey. I loved it because I went back to watch Revenge of the Sith not long after, yeah. and all of the architecture, it's it's all exactly the same. So when Krennic and Vader are talking, the platforms all look exactly the same. So. The, the the two films merge perfectly. Wow. Wow, it's so good. It's so, so good. Um And I forgot to mention in, in the uh, uh, that including The Force Awakens, this film and that film have got some of the most stunning visuals that so many there's so many moments you could take a screenshot of and have as your background desktop or as a picture yes. on your wall. There's beautiful. so many iconic, stunning visuals. It's beautiful. It it, it yes. really is a beautiful looking film. Um and you can tell so much thought and care and love went into all of the designs. You know, you can tell, um, and this, this applies to the force awakens as well, but with rogue one, you can tell that people who love star Wars made it. 
Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. And I can't tell whether, yes, there was apparently fairly extensive reshoots, but if you didn't know there'd be commotion behind nah, the set, you'd never you, know you because it know. looks seamless. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know. The, well, from what I've heard, this version is the best version anyway, so it doesn't matter about the, they, they reshot the film to make it better. I don't see where the problem is with that. No, I agree. I, I completely agree. I love the score in this film. I know Michael Giacchino has got a lot of, People don't like his score because it's not John Williams enough, but the guy had about five weeks to make to, to score this film. <laughs> yeah. Whereas John Williams gets about a year or so. There, there was someone who was meant to do it before, then they changed their mind on who it was. Alexander Desplat, who would have, who did The Shape of Water recently and a lot of other films, he would have been, he, I would have loved to have heard his score because he, he is a storyteller like John Williams of his music. But I thought Giacchino did a wonderful, I love this score. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He, um, he he really nailed it, especially toward the end. Uh, the end of um, the film, I I love that score at the end. Also, really like uh, the Jeddah one, like where it's all yeah yeah, like, yeah it's, like it's really good. Traditional instruments. What I also like about Jeddah is they, I think they filmed it in Jordan. Yeah, so they didn't, they didn't go back to uh, to Tunisia and kind of try to ape the original trilogy look. Yeah. They went to a similar country in terms of its visual. But there was enough about it to make it look different. different. Yeah, and it was I more rocky. It, it, it looks yeah, it yeah. different. It looked different. More orange than yellow. Yeah, and it looked more like an ancient civilization. Um, Mos Eisley doesn't look like that. It looks like you know a Star Warsy, um, you know, town because that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, not, it's nothing of importance. Jeddah is a spiritual place, you know, where and where it, it looks like one. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like it, it does that job. I mean, the, the, uh, in terms of the characters, I like I like the character. I like the team they got together. I love Dinner, so I love Cassian, Baze and Chira are superb. So the the blind Jedi and the and the and Baze who's lost his faith, but he's also got the best gun in Star Wars. Oh I know, ridiculous like cannon gun. Uh, and Bodhi, oh, uh, Bodhi. as Bodhi. Yeah, I love, I love the team and K two. I love the team, and the people uh, people have said, oh, they weren't developed enough, but. Similar to Dunkirk last year, it's not about development. It's these guys. These guys didn't need a backstory. They were, they were, they were just soldiers thrown into a battle. battle. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the soldiers of World War One and Two, like you're aware of. Yeah. You know, you didn't have heroes running around. It was a collective effort, and everybody was a hero in their own way. Yeah. But everybody banded together, and that's what the Rogue One team did. They all banded together, and they didn't need one of them running around. You know, saving the day for everybody. It it was a collective effort between a a bunch of well, just soldiers yeah. or a ragtag gang. Yes, exactly. They didn't need a backstory. Exactly. No, they didn't need. They didn't need a backstory. I, I no, I I actually uh, really agree with you, and and it's unreasonable. I mean, you know, it's a team film, um, and it's yeah. unreasonable to expect like a backstory for them all and stuff like that, you know. So I I completely agree. You can't tick all the boxes. Like I've said in every podcast, there's no such thing as a perfect film, and you you're, you're never gonna like. Oh, I don't know. I thought they did a great job considering it was a team film. Uh, it's funny you you brought up Bodie Rook, um, who is played yep. by a gentleman who escapes. My Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, absolute gentleman. He's an absolute lad. So, 
I have a funny story to tell about this that I'm sure the, the, the um, listeners will find entertaining. So there I was at uh, the Rogue One panel in uh, Soul Celebration 2016 in London. Riz Ahmed, obviously being a uh, young British actor, was there. So he was on uh, yep. home territory, so to speak. Um, they're interviewing. And actually, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Captain Phasma, um, was interviewing the whole team. And she she did a really good job. And um, if you go back and watch the video, you'll you'll um, you'll hear something really funny. Uh, basically, um, they say, so what what are some of the reasons why uh, she's interviewing Riz Ahmed? Right. And she goes, what, what are some of the reasons why you wanted to do a Star Wars film? And he goes, you know, grew up with Star Wars, knew the toys and stuff like that. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And before that, Gwendolyn Christie says, you know, she's known for. Um, that Riz Ahmed is known for a lot of indie films, right? Like, um, she names one film I've never heard of. Then she says Four Lions, which is a, yeah. a British, um, comedy film that's, it's quite a dark sense of comedy, but I find it very, very funny. Um, but Riz Ahmed stars in that. And I was, I swear, I was like the only person as soon as they, she said, and Four Lions, I was like the only one in the whole like room bear in mind there's like hundreds of people in there including the whole cast of rogue one i'm the only one who goes yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah four lions and anyway so she she asks uh riz Ahmed, you know why you want to be in a star wars film he says you know because uh, i grew up with it and toys so on and so forth and he says and plus i want to be in a film that um not just that one guy in the audience has heard of and uh, that's yes. me that is me. <laughs> as soon as I finish this, I promise you, I'm going to go back and watch the Rogue yeah. One panel and try to find that moment. Do it. it may take me a while, but I'm going to do, do it. it. Everyone listening, check this out. Yeah, do it. Do it. There you go. That's my claim oh. to fame, baby. That's an actual claim to fame. I've got nothing. I've got nothing on that, brother. Oh, mate. It's quality. So there you go. There That's you go. incredible. So Rogue One is for a lot of different reasons. It's awesome. I like Riz Ahmed. I like him. He's come, he's, he's appearing in Venom soon and he was in Una, one of my favourite films of last year, also with Ben Mendelsohn. But, uh, now I like him even more that he's, he has referenced, uh, Blilo Ren <laughs> on, in a Star Wars convention. That's it. That's it. Where, where else do you need to go? So just before we get to the bits we didn't like, I'm going to echo what you've just said. This is the film, my, my, my exceptional partner. She, Always looks at me strange because at least one, once a month, maybe, maybe even more. I, I really cannot. I'll, I'll have the Kindle out, or I'll be, or I'll be watching telly and just say, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm watching Rogue One. Just like, again. I say, "Yeah, bye bye." No, nothing. Just, you've seen it about hundred times this week. Yeah. I go. I, I watch it at least once a month. It is so rewatchable. I don't. It's the one that I find the most rewatchable of the nine, and I don't know why that is, but yeah, I go back to it. So often, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I, I I'd agree with that. I think it's one of my most rewatchable. I don't have a most rewatchable, but it's definitely one of mine. Well, in terms of some of the reasons why it's not rewatchable, uh, I've only got a few, but uh, I am going to be a gentleman and hand over to you for the anything which you didn't particularly enjoy about this film. Oh, oh man, the silence speaks so much. Um, it's tough. I've, I've got three. I've but I w- I'm going to let you go first. I feel like in places, and and this is this is maybe a bit harsh because it's not in all of all of the places, but in places I feel like 
um, Jin Erso. Who plays Jin Erso? Felicity Jones. I do yeah. feel like she's a bit wooden sometimes. Okay. Um, it's probably just me, but there, there's something about her that I'm not 100% sold on. But I am sold on her. Don't get me wrong. She's She is great, and I love Jin, but there's something... I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to do explain. you think that could be a... Like, do you think that could be a casualty of the reshoots where the, her demeanour changes during the film? <sighs> maybe. Oh, sorry, not her demeanour, sorry. The, the maybe. Way I mean... Acts as such. Sure. Like, I think... Literally I think acting. actually one of the problems is that she's in... Um, in the first trailer we see for Rogue One, um, she's like, I rebel. You know, there's, there's that, <laughs> you know... And that trailer, I'm not that fond of. Like, I, I don't like. Her. I didn't like that moment in the trailer. No, I, 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 I didn't either. And I think maybe that's played in my mind, and and, I, and I've gone into it with a preconceived judgment or something. But no, possibly. So I, I mean, other than that, this, uh, I don't know. I don't know, it hits a lot of things I want. The thing is, it's hard to compare it to anything because we've never had another Star Wars anthology film. So it's True. kind of, yeah. I, I, what, 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 what moments have you got? What dislikes have you got? I'll get, I'll go through the two sort of minor ones first because these are almost nitpicks. The first one is Bore Gullet, that strange monster. <laughs> the CGI was awful on that oh, in a movie oh, where so God. much that's it but college where everything looked incredible that looks so bad it, every time i see it i find myself looking at it trying to trying to mentally sort of fuse it into, fuse it into the film where it looks realistic it looks terrible um oh. and the, the relationship between Jin and galen in the film is only kind of referenced here and there and you know, we find out that she doesn't like, she doesn't, at the beginning, she sees her mum be mur- being mur- murdered, and then as she grows up, she resents her father, and then he dies. Yeah. I Somehow, I don't know, they could have played that up a bit more. Yeah. The Catalyst novel does that, but additional material shouldn't be needed to, you know, flesh out a backstory. But that's kind of a nitpick to me, because I've also mentioned that you don't need a backstory too much. But I like what they did. But that one scene I mentioned when he's talking to a vile hologram is stunning. And the, the other one, the one that really, the one that gets me the most is uh, Forrest Whitaker as Saw Gerrera. His, I, I love the fact that they brought Saw Gerrera in from the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah, I love that was that. a big move. Yeah, but Saw Forrest Whitaker is sort of notoriously known for sort of hamming it up somewhat or being very serious into his profession, which is fantastic. But as Saw Gerrera, he just sounded odd. He just he he almost just didn't fit in the film. Yeah, there, there was there was a couple times where you, you kind of had to like listen twice to him. Like you you, you yeah. needed you needed to like really concentrate to understand what he was saying. Um, it, they they even say in it that you know he's one may lose their, he's lost his mind essentially. So yeah. maybe that's why he sounds and acts like he does, but. I don't know. I think it was more to do with Forrest Whitaker's performance than the character itself. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's but not, it's that's not the it best. for me. I, that, they're the only nitpicks I have. Yeah, I, again, it's not perfect, and 
I don't know because yeah, I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. There's nothing else to compare it to, and they were very clear from the start that there wasn't going to be any Jedi um, and and like romance. It was going to be very gritty and realistic, and they did that. Put the war in Star Wars. Yeah, they they kind of nailed it. Rogue One, we bloody awesome. (laughs) Completely agree. It was. I've been left speechless. Yeah, 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 that, so, that, yeah, that was another one. I came out of it and I thought, yeah, they've nailed it again. What were we? And it worried wasn't just about? because of that Vader scene either. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that no. was just that was just a cherry on top of the yeah. icing, right. all over that cake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the following year, in 2017, one year ago now, well, less than that now, two years after the release of The Force Awakens, and following 24 months of intense speculation, theories, and wishes, Episode Eight was unleashed to the world. Uh, an uncomplicated production led to high hopes for Ryan Johnson's offering, and only good things were expected. So in December 2017, we got The Last Jedi. Kylo failed you. I won't. The Finn. Sorry. A two? A two. They won't last long burning fuel like this. It's just a matter of time. Bested by a girl who had never held a lightsaber, you failed! FN21 insert. So good to have you back. Permission to jump in her next wing and blow something up? Permission granted. We're with the resistance. We are what they grow beyond. Godspeed, rebels. You must have a thousand questions. Where's Ray? Where's Han? Let the past die. Kill it. If you have to. Old friend. You're nothing. But not to me. She threw them off! All of them! Oh, they hate that ship! This is not going to go the way you think. No, no, we are the spark that'll light the fire that'll burn the First Order down. See you around, kid. The night I destroyed his temple, did he tell you why? I know everything I need to know about you. I've seen this raw strength only once before. I will not be the last Jedi. We need your help. We need the Jedi Order back. It's time for the Jedi to end. Fulfill your destiny. No one's ever really gone. Oh, man, The Last Jedi. The most divisive movie of them all. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much um, debate like I have had to, I've actually given up um, talking to some people on YouTube or on forums and yeah. stuff like that um, because it is too divisive and I get too much involved in it. Um, long story short, I loved the film, but there is some things I would have done totally different. Like, um, very I think. Yeah, I'm sorry to drop that. I don't think we've actually really spoken about this before. No, we haven't. We've lived it for this. We have, yeah. But so this, so anyone listening, we are also experiencing this for the first time. So I don't, (laughs) I know kind of what uh, Luke's impressions were, but I don't know the details. So fire away. Right. So the Last Jedi. I think there are for me. I came out the cinema not really knowing how to feel. Agreed. I, I love the last jedi and i think i really fell in love with it the second time i saw it um 
But and and there are moments. The first time I saw it, that I thought were magic, pure magic that Ryan Johnson nailed. Right. However, there are other parts of this film that I'm really surprised Ryan decided to do this. That it, and, and that it got approved, and that everyone you know was happy with it. I really dislike how I. I, I I'll go more into detail when we when we go through the pros and cons. Um, the humour, I think, uh, yeah. in, in places, I'd say like like a third of it is good, and two thirds of it is actually quite poor. Um, it, it, it you know the Force Awakens and Rogue One kind of like nailed the humour. The Last Jedi, no, it, and and it felt forced in places. They've been accused of having kind of Marvel humour. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I get what they're saying because it's obviously it's interjecting serious moments of comic. I, yeah, I agree. Some of the some of the comedy moments are fabulous, but there are others which just kind of really they, 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 they take the film. Yeah, they do seem forced, like you say. It does seem yeah. kind of in there just to kind of remind everyone yes. that this is Star Wars is meant to be fun. Not all of yeah. it works. Yeah, I, I, you're, I, you're right. So and and don't don't get me wrong. I am very much on the pro. Last Jedi, uh, camp. Um, I'm not one of these people who's like blindly like, oh yeah, best Star Wars film ever, because in my opinion, it's not. Um, but you're not on the other side who are saying that they've ruined my childhood. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm certainly not, because it was a great film. And I want to praise Ryan for what he did. He, he took a big risk. You know, there are people complaining, oh, uh, Force Awakens wasn't a risk, you know, that it was just a rehasher, just rehashing yeah. Empire Strikes Back. The Last Jedi was not an Empire Strikes re- Back rehash. That's no. for certain. If it anyone is- out there has seen Avengers Infinity War, I'm not going to say anything about the film. No spoilers. Uh, but the reaction is that Marvel have taken a bold move. Well, they have done. Thematically speaking, The Last Jedi blows it out of the water because this takes the series... This yeah. takes the whole franchise in a completely different level. Whereas yes. what, what, what they did of Infinity War, it felt a lot like Marvel. This at times didn't feel like Star Wars, and that's a good thing. But that because 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 they've taken actual risks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah. That, I yeah yeah. Ryan should be applauded for and, that. And and I feel like um, oh, see, the the Last Jedi. I, I've spoken. So many times with so many different people about it. And again, people I, who I think would really like it, don't like it. And people that I thought would really hate it, actually really love it. I love some of the themes. Um, I think it borrows a few themes from Japanese. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Fil- film culture, right? And, and anime, you know, the stuff with like the ship where Holdo goes and like does the kamikaze and what stuff. A great and moment that the was. cinema just went like, like quiet. Right. And, and there's this just flashing these different images. Love that. I love the, again, the tones. This is a beautiful looking film. Yes. A beautiful looking film. Um, I love Luke in this. And Good. I think every, <laughs> every single bit of Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is justified. If people were expecting a Luke Skywalker to come in and save the day, you're looking at the wrong Star Wars because the Luke Skywalker people imagine in their head or have built up is the expanded universe Luke oh, yeah, Skywalker. Most that of that he was went on rubbish. 
Yeah, and and he went on and he did build a Jedi Academy. We know that, okay. And this is according to the to the proper Disney canon, um, the modern canon. Um, Luke, of course, he went and did a Jedi Academy and stuff like that. But things aren't always straight and narrow. Um, and and there is a reason. What I think is wonderful is that. And again, this is a spoiler alert. Uh, but you know, again, this is a Star Wars podcast. Is it, if it's a spoiler alert for, for Last doing? Jedi, just go for it. It's been out for four months now. Yeah, come on, spoiler away. Away. Yeah, but so with Luke, he goes to he when when he's in Kylo's uh, room and stuff, and he's he's about to kill Kylo, but in in a moment of weakness, in a in a in a split second decision, Luke Skywalker, who we know from the original trilogy, is a very human character, yeah. a very relatable, pessimistic, moany moany character. <laughs> Um, who did grow up, who did become someone else, but it still doesn't mean you're never, you can never make the same mistakes again or not go back to yourself again. He, in, in, in one second, he made a bad decision. He made a mistake and it created a monster, but he, Luke wasn't solely responsible for that. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. He the, sensed the, the darkness were, already rising. Yeah. It's already yeah, there. It, it, the seeds were planted. Right. It was it was only a matter of time. Could he probably have changed it? Yeah, he probably could have. But in that moment, he made a mistake. And there we have the beginning of our trilogy. In that moment is the beginning of our trilogy. And what we don't know was what happened before that. We know what happened. We know what happened 30 years before that. He saw his he had to he found out who his father was. The most evil one of the most evil man in the galaxy who had to see his father die, had to fight the emperor, you know, He's been through a lot of stuff. We don't know what happened in between those, uh, like Return of the Jedi and him waking up or Kylo on that evening. So we don't know where his head was at. No, no, exactly. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm, I think the last Jedi, I mean, I'm going to talk about the legends bit now. You know, earlier I said, Matt, don't let me forget about legends. I want to talk it. about legends now. So I'm, I'm to it. I think what The Last Jedi does so beautifully, and I think this has to be one of my pros to the film, is that this trilogy is about, one of, one of the main themes of this trilogy is about Luke Skywalker, the legend, okay? In The Force Awakens, Rey and Finn are going like Luke, like Rey goes, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. A myth, yeah. You know? And, and then later on, like you, like we said earlier, Han Solo talks about, nah, you know, I knew Luke, you know, so on and so forth. And yet again, you see in this trilogy, the legend of Luke Skywalker, this, this Jedi master who conquered the force, you know, who shut himself off from the force because he's heartbroken. He's, He's heartbroken and he he can't trust himself. And there's reason for it. If you can't see that reason or you don't understand that reason, then I'm sorry. But you, you, you know, and this is all down to everyone's opinion, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the dude is heartbroken. If you have ever experienced heartbreak, you would understand that some people just need to go in isolation. They withdraw themselves. Go they withdraw themselves and all you have to do is look at history to know that queen victoria one of one of the um you know most um written about leaders of, of 
imperial history um wore black every single day after her husband albert died right people you you know never underestimate heartbreak that's what happened with luke luke was heartbroken and he needed to go into hiding that was his way of dealing with it he couldn't trust himself it wasn't the same luke skywalker he changed like we all changed and it shouldn't and have I been think, either yeah and and i think there's something beautiful about that I, I i really do and i think it was a brave direction it was a good direction to go in and it was healthy because once again um the legend of luke skywalker prevails the idea that someone can come from nothing and be someone and do good is more important than the person. Yeah, but right? that sounds like somebody else in this trilogy. It sounds like someone else in this trilogy. And it sounds like a very tiny little boy at the end of this film. Who we don't know the name of. Who, who at the end of the film, there are three children playing with action figures like we all did as kids, we all Once played with made as well. Yeah, and, and it's so cool. And they they talk about you. You they're talking in a foreign language, and um, but you clearly understand. He's like Ushka Bada Shkuda, Luke Skywalker, and the and their faces light up. And then that little boy says, "Yeah, that can be me one day." The legend of Luke Skywalker is one of the main themes of this trilogy, and. For that to happen, there there needs to be some heartbreak. There needs to be some ups and downs. He's not going to come in and save the day. You know, it's time to hand the torch over. But in not, the in, not in the way that people wanted him to, at least. No. Yeah, but he did save the day, my, but in, in the my, best way. Yeah, in the best way. And in my opinion, it was in one of the most poetic and beautiful ways they could have done it. You know, cool. And, and I, I do, I do really think that. I think the last hour of The Last Jedi is nearly faultless. Oh, oh we're going to get into that very quickly. But that, that, the moment with Luke, of course, during it, I was thinking at any minute now, he's going to whip out his green lightsaber and he's going to tear the first order a new one. But, uh, when I saw it and realised the arc that they gave him, I remember, like everything you just said so eloquently was spot on. The arc yeah. that they gave him was perfect. He was he, he he was already a legend for what he'd done for the galaxy, but he yeah. then literally became a legend. Yeah. The he gave the resistance force fighters hope. Yeah. He's instilled that in them, and that's clearly going to uh, bleed into Episode Nine. They are going to be fighting because of what he did on crate and the yeah. and the legacy and the legend and, and the and way those... and and the, the the way he went out as well was perfect I think as well yeah Mark Hamill deserves so much credit because he doesn't do a lot of on screen acting anymore he's, he's that fantastic voice actor but he yeah. doesn't do a lot of on screen acting I thought he was superb in the Last Jedi and I know a lot of people yeah. were shouting for support an actor. Academy Award. I thought he was yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. And that moment at the end there, when he's staring at the twin sons of Acto, and he kind of allows himself to sm- to smile one last time before yeah. he fades up, fades, becomes one with the Force, is stunning. And it's very yeah. hard not to not to get a little bit choked up, emotional. Just yeah. how well he does. And obviously, then before that, when he reunites with Leia, is yeah. uh, and you know she. She, she says, "I haven't, I haven't come to save him," and she understands that. He gives her Hans dice, and no one's ever really gone. That just all of that is just so. It's kind of it's leading up to the end, but it's so 
per- poignantly done. It, that was better for me than, than the sort of Legends Luke Skywalker pulling down Star Destroyers and tearing yeah. and becoming a one-man wrecking band. That was just that last hour was stunning. So best moments for you of The Last Jedi. We've gone through some of them. What are some, what are some of yours? Um, some, some of my other moments are Yoda and Luke was, oh, Yoda. you know, you know, they are what, what, uh, what, what does Yoda say? They are, and beautiful wisdom. It's, it's wonderful, you know, it, it, and it was like puppet Yoda again. It was, it, I, it was perfect. That Yoda scene was perfect. I think it's, I think it's on par with Yoda in Empire. Um, I, I really, really, really strongly believe that. He spoke like uh, Yoda. Yeah, he, it was just they—they they nailed it. I, I, I can't say anything more on that. It, it was perfect, and that was probably the moment in the film where I was most uh, emotional because they—it it was everything I wanted. It's like being a kid again. Right. Yeah, I—I I, I didn't think Yoda would be in this film again. Hold tight, my colleague Alfie, who called this about a year ago. He said Yoda will be in the Last Jedi. Everyone at my office laughed at him and was like, no, he's not. Shut up. And he got it spot on. So Alfie uh, knows where it's at. Good Alfie work. knows exactly where it's at. He shouted it out. And uh, that Monday back in the office after <laughs> seeing The Last Jedi, he looked at me with a big grin and he, like, we couldn't believe it. He got it spot <laughs> on. There we go. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, he got it right. But, um, yeah, so... Moving on, my my other favourite scene was Ray and Kylo fighting. Was the throne room scene? The throne room was just oh, that was epic. Oh, an epic bat team up. It was it was so good. It was so well so, shot as well. It was beautiful, and like I think the first time I watched it, I watched Ray. Um, like uh, my eyes naturally gravitated towards Ray with the blue lightsaber, yeah. right? Fighting and stuff. And she's still rugged. She's still kind of untrained, but very passionate, fiery and ready angry, to yeah. and angry. Such and then spunk. Kylo, the, oh, blimey. No, don't, let's not get started on the negatives already. But, um, uh, <laughs> but the <laughs> Kylo, um, I, the second time I watched the film, I, I, I purposely watched Kylo and there's, he's so rugged and he actually takes on more of the guards, right? He's actually fighting uh, like four. Ray fights two. He fights four. Um, and I think anyway, but, um, there's, there's this moment he kind of fights like a medieval knight, you know, he limps around like swinging his lightsaber from side to side. And there's this awesome moment where he kind of like, pushes his lightsaber down to the ground like a medieval knight yeah, uh, yeah. and then holds it round and it, it looks so good so that that whole scene was phenomenal it's a moment yeah, in it where ray lops somebody's head off and it just goes flying into the curtain in the back oh, which I quite enjoyed. so good so good another bit about that i enjoyed was the scene itself uh adam and daisy and the stunt actors they had to that all those shots were filmed as part of a one long sequence. So they would always, so the sequence would be shot as in one long take. So they'd have to remember the whole choreography and then it would be reshot at different angles. So when they're fighting, wow. Ryan isn't saying, right, cut. Can you just do that again? Action. They're actually doing it as one long take. So, yeah. Wow. That's mental. I didn't know that. I, I really didn't know that. Which makes it even more incredible. 
yeah yeah absolutely it's in it's it's yeah that's definitely one of my favorite parts of the film easily again yeah the final battle on crate we've mentioned that that's i love the fact that the resistance are penned back there's like only a literally a few of them and finn's sacrifice which is quite rightfully taken out of the taken out because he wouldn't have won he wouldn't have changed yeah. anything though it is it is nice for his character up that he's willing to sacrifice himself for what he believes in is yep. a beautiful arc for him. I I love the I love the evacuation on the car at the beginning. The evacuation, yeah, I, I like that as well. Uh, the force vision, the force Skype. I really enjoyed that. Oh, I love technique. those. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it was fantastic. It it, it was phenomenal. It was really good. And I'll, I'll tell you something. When Snoke said, in my opinion, right? When Snoke said. I connected you to. He is lying. That is not true. The force Ew, connected. Interesting. And do you know why? Because they sense each other at the end of the film. Snoke's yeah, yeah. dead. Snoke is already dead. Oh, but there's still there is still a connection between them, right, at the end of the film. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that. No, that's, that's a very interesting point, which I'm going to be thinking about for the next week now. Um <laughs> <laughs> I would be remiss not to mention the porks. I love the porks. I love the porks My too. My two-year-old daughter, so her first word was essentially porky. She 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 <laughs> sleeps with her little pork. She loves those porks. Uh, so Lucasfilm, Disney, Ryan, we did your job perfectly, job. and they weren't Good. annoying either. No, they were great. They lo- I loved them. Uh, I'd like to see more of them. But finally, on the best moments for me, I thought Snoke was superb. I don't know what your thoughts were, but I thought he was terrifying, menacing in this film. Yeah, I loved him. I loved him. I loved everything about Porg. Uh, and, and Porg? <laughs> Porg on the brain, it's man. No, uh, Snoke. Uh, I loved everything about Snoke, and I loved that. I I actually think they Pork. made the right decision in killing him off. Yeah. Again, I'm still a bit annoyed that we don't have a backstory, um, but... Hey, I wasn't expecting it. I had a hundred Snoke theories, and none of them were right. They they got, and I liked that. Yeah, they yeah. got us. They killed him off. Done. I it's thought he was terrifying, but from the first time you saw him, when he zapped Kylo and he's screaming at him, I thought he was sort of smarmily terrifying. I thought he was brilliant. Andy Circus again doing a fantastic job. Jeez. It let's 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 go straight in now because they're, they're the good moments. Some of, your, some, some of the most divisive moments for you, what were they? Humour. Um, I feel like the film started really badly. Um, I hate that the film started on essentially a phone joke. Your mum joke? Um, yeah, yeah. And I really didn't like that. It didn't feel like Star Wars. Uh, and I've watched it four times now, three times now. I really don't like the introduction. I re- it makes me cringe a little bit. I would, th- I think uh, I would have liked it more if they hadn't have carried the joke on for so long. If they just did it once, where he where, yes. where he said, "Oh, you know, you're you're doomed," and got his big speech out of the way, and then he said, so "Are you still there?" That would have been fun. If and then if they just carried on the story as normal, but I think yeah, because they yeah, elongated it, that joke, it was rubbish. And um, yeah, I, I really wasn't a fan. Like, and and it made I feel like it made a mockery of um, General Hux. Who yeah. in the Force Awakens was this like Gestapo Nazi <laughs> character? He was like, a rough hand in this it, film, and and um, he's kind of made out to be a joke. He's an idiot you know? in this film, yeah. 
And I, and I felt like, what? This is how we're starting this film. Okay, then. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I didn't like the humour. And, and that goes for a lot of it. I feel like there are a lot of jokes where there don't need to be jokes, right? There's a time and a place. I feel like someone who doesn't really understand humour wrote this sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah, some of the jokes don't land as well as I really should have done. And some just don't really have the place in the film. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's my first criticism. I'm not a big fan of the character Rose. I, I don't like her. She gets on my nerves. I liked her. Oh, did you? I did. I like Kelly Marie Chan. What she brought to the character, but I know a lot of people oh, don't. But I, but I but I know you're not the type to call her the new Jar Jar. No, no, she's she's not. No, 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 no. She's she's not the new Jar Jar. That's that's like harsh. But she's not. There's something about her, right? There's there's this moment, okay, where Finn's just killed Phasma, right? Who was wasted in the film. Who's wasted in the film. That's another negative. That's just throw that up there. She's wasted. Um, yep, she was wasted. There we go. <laughs> um, there's, there's a moment where he's just beat her and he's like standing in the hangar or something and everything's on fire yep. around them and stuff and bb8 and um rose are on this like walker and they she shouts over to finn she's like hey need a lift and it's like i don't know what it is but it gets on my nerves I feel like, <laughs> shut up you are so annoying there's something about her character I really don't like. It's just if I feel like it is, it's not. It doesn't belong in Star Wars. But interesting to I see like. what they do with her in nine because JJ's going to have her this time, who didn't introduce her as a character. Yeah, he's obviously being she, he's inheriting her. So I'll be interested to see. I could see where some people their gripes. I think I just liked it because she seemed like a genuinely nice girl. Um, yeah. and when when we yeah, first yeah, met yeah, her, no, and she, she's and she's like oh, the Finn. I love that yeah. moment when she meets him because I think. Her and Boyega are getting a break. I love John Boyega, man. He's just so cool. Me too. But, um, Me too. I liked. I thought. I liked her. Yeah. I thought, although I, I, I thought, and and maybe we'll disagree on this, but I thought Finn was a little bit of foolish in this film. Yeah. Well, yeah. His his character was changed. Thought, somewhat, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was going to be more of uh, had a more of a serious um, tone to him, but. Again, there are moments in this where he's just a bit silly. Yep, he's kind of given... He's brushed off the Canto bite, which wasn't a part of the film I particularly enjoyed. And I like the look of it, but it didn't. that Canto bite didn't work for me. But I liked the messages it gave Finn, so his outlook on war and that the good guys and the bad guys both profit. But it just felt a bit OTT for me. I liked Canto bite because it felt like the prequels and it was different. But yeah. at the same time, I was more interested in what was going on elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd, I, I'd agree with that. Although I, I, I like Canto Bite, but again, I think Rose has a lot to do with that and stuff, and so on and so forth. And yeah, it, it's, it could have been better. It could have been better. I agree that Boyega is hopefully going to get get a bigger shot in Episode Nine. Uh, another thing I didn't like was I wish, I wish, I wish Luke Skywalker had just dropped the lightsaber and not flung that over his shoulder. I really wish he oh. just held it and just kind of let it fall to the floor and then walked off. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I that's that definitely happened. one of them. That, that was so again that undermines the powerful moment at the end of the Force Awakens. I felt. It it it, it, play, like, it plays into his kind of complete dismissal of everything, where he just literally flings it in 
is yeah, the arrogance but, almost, but I would have yeah, so much preferred not, it. He's not 12, is he? He's like, he's, he's never met this person. He looks at her and he throws a lightsaber. He's not seen since Empire Strikes Back. He's not even going to ask it's about his that. Dad's lightsaber, yeah. He, yeah. Is he really just going to throw it behind? No, come on. Yeah, I would have preferred his no, dropped it on the floor. No, don't like that. And last but not least. I think I know what's coming. Leia Poppins. I knew it, yes. Dude. The, the visual of that. I lo- I love the idea of it, but the visual looked so stiff. It was so stupid. It was so stupid. I mean, in retrospect, they couldn't... I don't think they could change anything because she was part of the whole film layer. They would have but had to reshoot the whole I, film if they... Yeah. You know what I'm going to say, though, don't you? They, they should have just killed her off. I thought they did. How, yeah, me too. I thought to myself how beautiful... And how, again, I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm, this is my favourite word today, but how poetic it would have been to, um, like, Kylo went to kill his mum. He couldn't and do then, it. And then, and then he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But then two randomers, bang, 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 dead. Yeah. He couldn't, and then that's it. You know? That would have I also rock- added a lot more weight to his story when it could have been the fact that he couldn't do it, but he had to watch somebody else do it because if he, he couldn't bring himself to do it, that would have added so much more weight to his story. And it would have been a good way for the character of Leia to go out. She didn't go out like a punk either. But I did also think it's a bit morbid that they were showing her corpse floating in space. This is before yeah. we knew she was going to come back to life. I did do, do remember thinking, you know, bloody hell, that's a bit, that's a bit harsh. But then yeah. the finger flickered and it didn't look right. The first time I saw it in the cinema, that did raise some alarm bells. Not because she used a force, no problem with that whatsoever. It's the way it looked. Yeah, I, I agree. Ah, and obviously, with, very, it was poorly executed. Yeah, but with hindsight, it obviously, was, rest in peace, Carrie. We yeah. would love for Carrie to be back for episode nine. She isn't. That would have been such a that would have been a wonderful way to end her story. Well, in terms of this story, at least. But it would have also meant reshooting the rest of the film to have to deal with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, again, it's not a perfect film, but I think uh, one thing I said to um, one of my friends recently, I lent him the DVD. This is, I've mentioned him many a time on this podcast, Andrew. Um, he hated The Last Jedi, and I told him he needs to rewatch, he needs to rewatch, he needs to rewatch it, and he's a Star Wars fan, yeah, right? Yeah. And he hated it. And I told him, you need to go into this film open-minded, and as Kylo, so brilliantly says in this film let the past die yeah right let the past die it's not coming back it, you know this is different this is the next generation this is where we're going get that now. into your head this these films are not for you these are for the little kiddies right and they love this yeah um but but it still means we can have a good laugh and, and enjoy them and stuff and they still should be films for everyone and still should be um a good laugh and stuff uh, for everyone, yeah. but anyway, he rewatched it and he really, really enjoyed the last hour, which I'm I'm really pleased with. Um, but again, I, I think the last hour is almost like faultless. But there are moments in this film that really, really pull it down. And and in yeah. my opinion, I'd love to do my own cut of this film, especially because it's still so fresh in my head, you know. Um, but the Last Jedi is is not my favorite Star Wars film. Well, I think that's it. I think give it some time. Not, uh, not, not that I'd ever school you on how to have a, f- how to view a film. I'm, I mean, for myself and the fans, 
Give it yeah. ten years, like we did with the prequels. See how we feel about it then. Maybe, maybe after episode nine, we'll all think, "Wow, the way episode eight set everything up, it won't yeah. make up for the flaws, but they're not prequel no. level flaws." So just quickly, That's before, good to it. yeah, before we quickly jump into the rankings and solo, I've got two quick questions, which I really interested in your thoughts are. Firstly, there's one man who's got a wonderful friendship and partnership with Ben Solo, and we know six years before the Force Awakens, he's still alive. Where's Lando? Where's Lando oh, Calrissian? I don't know. Is he coming back? I don't think he is going to come back, but yeah, I, the he should be there. He should be mentioned at least. But yeah, go on. What's the other question? The final question is, uh, had The Last Jedi been released as Episode 7, as opposed to Force Awakens, or, or a movie like The Last Jedi, how do you think the world would have reacted, and you... And how do you think we would have received the new era of Star Wars if The Last Jedi was Episode 7? Oh, good question. Uh, I think badly. I do um, too. I think badly. Well, um, I like the, the film an awful lot, but I do too. Me too, me too. No, but I'm, I'm thinking of it from more of a neutral perspective and how would the world look at it? No, they, they would have... I, I, don't, I think people would have been angry because this was a risk... This film was a big risk and it was an artistic direction that Ryan saw he wanted to do and he did it, right? The, the Force Awakens was a safe bet. And I, and I feel like, you know, it wasn't just JJ that decided that, you know, just take that as you want. But I, I'd imagine everyone would probably been telling him like, don't mess this up. It needs to yeah, be a yeah. safe bet. You know, it needs to be a safe winner. The Last Jedi, I really feel like they just told Ryan, yeah, do what you want. Do do what you want. And he did that. Yeah. I, we both think we like the film, but we both agree that it's got its flaws. Oh, uh, yeah. And the world will tell you that angrily as well. Yeah. But anyone yeah. listening, let, let us know what you think. What would you have thought if this had come out instead of episode seven? Yeah. So that is... All nine films done. So after the three episodes and the best part of five hours of talking about Star Wars, <laughs> it's time for the rankings. We're not going to go into why each film is at which number it's at because we've just spent best part of five hours talking about them. Yeah. What we will do is Luke will give his number nine. I'll give mine. Luke will give number eight. I'll give mine until we go down. So without further, Mr. Blywalk, Master Blywalk of Bly Loren, your number nine in the saga is... What? So in the whole saga... Yep, from so episodes oh. one to eight plus Rogue One. Okay, so this is I'm just going to go into it because I list things very differently. I rate the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones at the bottom, um, and I, I I list them jointly just because it depends on my mood on which I want to watch first. <laughs> I also but, have that as well. I have Phantom Menace yeah. at nine and Attack of the Clones at eight. See, if I were, if you were twisting my arm, I'd probably say Attack of the Clones last and The Phantom Menace, um, eighth. Okay. Um, I would then, for seven, oh, oh, it all gets so difficult now. Doesn't I mean, matter. with all the, with all the new films, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Joint. Oh, joint. Joint with The Last Jedi. Interesting, because I've got a joint as well. I've got... Rejo- okay. This is tough. So I've got joint Revenge of the Sith, and I love Revenge of the Sith. But I've got... Yeah, for, me too. So, so this is joint six for the both of us. 
Joint Six, Avengers, and Return of the Jedi. Oh man, what? Yeah, it's, it, this is okay. Tough. Okay, fair so enough. Fair joint enough, Six. Fair so we're now moving up to fourth place. No, we're not okay, fifth place. So sorry. Fifth. Okay, so for me, fifth is Rogue One. Fifth for me is the Last Jedi. Okay. Um, fourth for me is A New Hope. Same here. Fourth for New Hope. Number three. What is it? Number number three is The Force Awakens. Same here. This is getting exciting. And joint top is Empire and Jedi. It depends on my mood. It really does. And I said that on the last podcast. If you did, you put a gun to my head and told me, take a copy of Empire or Jedi, I think I'd have to go with the feel-good film of the year and for every year. Return of the Jedi. He's picked it. I've also got a joint one, number one, which we probably get, which most people probably give me the bullet for. Joint number one is Rogue One and the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, because of that wow. rewatch, because of the rewatchability factor of both of them, Rogue One gave me everything I wanted in the Star Wars film. Empire yeah, is just a fantastic piece of filmmaking, and where it takes that part of the story is. Unbridled. I I would probably put Rogue One as number two and Empire as number one. Oh, but okay, I, no, fair enough. I get the same amount of enjoyment. Reasons. Yeah. So now that we've rattled the cages of the fandom there by not putting the new Disney films as bottom, now we turn <laughs> to the tenth instalment of the saga, the upcoming Solo: A Star Wars Story. I waited a long time for a shot like this. Big shot gangster putting together crew. You're after something. The Millennium Falcon. Every ship isn't for everyone. She needs a particular type of pilot. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. You think everything sounds like a bad idea. You done flirting? Let me give you some advice. Assume everyone will betray you. And you will never be disappointed. If you come with us, you're in this life for good. Everything you've heard about me is true. So what's your name anyway? These people are not your friends. No three! Let go of the mean man's face. You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. I've been running scams on the street since I was ten. You in? That's yes. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. What do you think? Well, what do you know? I thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. Might want to buckle up, baby. I got a really good feeling about this. Luco Carizian, what are your hopes for this movie? Just quickly, anything you're particularly looking forward to? Anything you're not looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to seeing um, Donald Glover playing Lando. He looks fantastic. I like the look. I'm on on the team that I really like the look of Alden Ehrenreich. I hope he nails this role. I, I like what I see so far. There are little bits where I'm like, mm, not sure. There are other bits in trailers that I think he gets spot on. He nails on Solo. Um, I think there was a feature actually that came out today. So as we're recording this, this 30th um, of April, 2018 a feature came out yesterday or today i think um, becoming han solo is that it or? becoming han solo yeah. and and it looks to me there are there are scenes in that look almost like blade runner-ish like the the like the dystopian world. type bleak look of it yeah yeah 
I think that's Corellia, his home planet. Right, which, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I really hope this is a fun film that is a Wild West in space. Yeah. That's what I want. That's I, what want I, want. To, I want to see the Kessel run. I want to see him winning the Falcon. I want to see Lando and Han playing off each other. How Han becomes himself. How he meets Chewie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, and, and I was one of these people that did not want this film when I first heard about it. I really didn't want this film. Um, now I'm seeing it. I can see why they, they went with this film. And I'd like to add that George Lucas, back in the day wanted to do a Han Solo trilogy. That's so right. it was always it was always in the works that there was going to be some sort of Han Solo um production, whether it was a TV show, a film or a trilogy. Um it was gonna happen. And there's yeah. one scene apparently where George Lucas people say he directed it he was on set and uh, Ron Howard was shooting and George kind of said to him, oh, well, well, why don't you do this? And Ron was like, You're George Lucas, we will do it. So there's one scene in the film, they didn't, they didn't say which one, but where George Lucas pretty much said, why don't you do this instead? They went with it, so... So good. 1% uh, really of this is directed by the creator. I can't, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a um, fun Wild West romp. I, I, just, I just hope it's not too much of a laugh fest. You know, if they get the humour good... I think it was before they got Ron Howard in, yeah. I, I, I really, I, I think if they get the, if the humour's good, then I don't care, but after the last Jedi, I don't trust whoever approved the humor on that. <laughs> um, so that's the only thing I'm a bit skeptical of. Other than that, I can't wait to see everyone's performances. It's going to be I've good seen, fun. From what we've seen, I think the humor is going to be just fine. What I don't want to see is too much pandering or fan service. We don't need R2 and 3PO. We don't need Vader. Just let these new, let's let these characters go with it. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Well, that is that for this third and final instalment of the What I Watch Tonight show Star Wars specials. It's been awesome fun going back over the saga and rekindling so many great memories and moments. But that's not the end, guys. Oh, no. I'm pleased to announce that myself and uh, Luke, Mr. Bl- Master Blywalker, we will, <laughs> we will be back with a recap of Solo when it comes out, probably four, five, six days after the film. We'll come out with a spoiler-heavy review and recap uh, so thank you so much for coming on for all three of these, Luke, and for giving your honest, passionate, and fun insight. Where can the world find you online? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. As you know, I love photography, so come look at a few of my pictures on there. Uh, my name is Leaf, like a leaf off a tree. Leaf it out, Luke. Um, yeah, find, find me on Instagram. I'd, I'd love to um, hear what you think about Star Wars as well. So feel free to drop a comment or a message and we can talk the wars too. Yeah, he's the best damn photographer this side of the unknown regions. Do check his <laughs> photography out. The urban photography, the portrait, it's awesome, all of it. It's true, all of it. Go You're check it out. Man. I mean it. Thank I honestly you. mean it's the third show in a row I've told you, but uh, and I've said it to your face, i say it for the third show. So once again, thank you for coming on today. Uh, thank you all for listening. You can catch all the episodes on the site, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Subscribe on iTunes by searching for the What I Watch Tonight show. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podknife, YouTube. We're, we're everywhere now. We're taking over the galaxy. Uh, so if you like what you hear, share it with everybody you know. And if you don't, then just move along. Because this is the podcast you're looking for. So do not forget to tell your galactic grandmothers. But until next <laughs> time, may the Force be with you. And see you. <laughs>